I read that you like it when people boo at your movie because you like that there's strong reactions to your films. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, you, just as long as there's a reaction. I mean, I don't like that people boo. I'm not a masochist, but I like... Um, I, I, I want a reaction from people. Um, so... You know, my dad, I called my dad when we got out of Venice to check in, and he said, he reminded me that when I was just starting out, we were driving by a theater where my movie was playing, and he said that I set, pointed at the theater, and I said, Dad, all I want them to do is either cheer or boo. If they do nothing, I lose. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of a podcast directed by. So, Mike, we have finally reached the end of our, I would say month, but it's been two or three months at this point, of Darren Aronofsky. And we're finishing off, of course, with his last movie, uh, which came out three years ago now, uh, Mother. Uh, I didn't like it. So, Mike. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Good night, everybody. That's it. (laughs) Mike, not a fan of Mother. Anyway, give to our Patreon. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... So before we get into the movie, uh, it's also one of those things that I, as a fan of Aronofsky's work, like I really wish there was more, um, like three years and there's not even anything like in the works. Like if you look at the IMDb page, like coming up next or in production, there's nothing. So mother is kind of it. Not only the end for our podcast, uh, on Aronofsky, but kind of. (laughs) I mean, who knows when he's going to come out with another movie? Because he is one of those who usually writes his own scripts. I think we talked about this before. Um, I can't remember what director we were we were talking about, but like in in comparison to someone like Paul Thomas Anderson, who kind of writes and directs all of his own movies, and it takes a lot of time. Oh, I think it was. Uh, oh, it's it's one of you, it's one of your favorites, the guy who did the the Oceans movies and Unsane Soderbergh, um, where he's like kind of constantly working and not really. Yeah focused on writing all of his own movies, you know? So this is one of, this is more in the PTA area where like, if you're a fan, you got to wait around for a bit, which kind of sucks. But so the last movie we're going to talk about is mother. Um, and mother, when this movie came out in 2017, I think it's safe to say the most divisive movie of that year. You think that's fair? Uh, see, I see. I kind of disagree with that. Um, it, I guess it depends on if you uh, watched or cared about this. Because uh, I was looking back, okay, among to myself, people who watched it. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think that you know something like Noah, which is is funny. Our last episode, uh, it seemed that the response you were getting online I was like, "Ugh, why?" And it's like, "Well, this was." A pretty big fucking hit, you know. Like a lot of people had eyeballs on this, and that was three hundred million dollars to money. the people who watched it. You know, depending on their their uh, religious, I guess, upbringing. Uh, this one, I was trying to go back to um, fall of twenty seventeen because you and I have actually, I think we've discussed this, or maybe not. Um, I can't remember. No, actually, you did a pop culture <laughs> taste on we... the episode solo because you're like, I'm not yes. going to have Mike on uh, to come. Oh, that's right. Wads I, at me. I mean, I. I think I think that one was like I'm not having anybody on this. Yeah, it's, it's just a fight waiting to happen. So so it opened alongside uh, American Assassin, which no one remembers that either. Uh, I think Michael Keaton was in that, and yeah, it opened third at the box of a seven point five million, which actually for this type of movie, it's not that bad. That's pretty. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. 
I do think that if it was released, you know, straight to Netflix with their skewed numbers, they would be like, you know, 180 million people watched 30 seconds <laughs> yes. of Mother. Um, and that's, if you're, if you surround yourself with the film community online, which is not necessarily a bad thing, like, because then, in my real life, if I didn't have to do these podcasts, like every waking moment of my existence, um, <laughs> I, I rarely talk about movies with anyone in real life. Other right. than like, uh, there's one guy who's, who will ask me like, did you watch anything this week? Cause he knows I'm into movies. And then when I ask him what he watched, it's like, whatever the newest thing is like, and it, I mean, it could be like a, uh, straight to VOD, John Claude Van Damme movie. And I'm like, eh, there's a little bit more of a, like, <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep my cue a little bit cleaner. Um, but other than that, I, I would think that most people, they might not see more than, you know, two or three movies a year in theaters. And unfortunately they're probably all like Marvel movies or something like that. So yes, within that tiny community, I guess it was like a big talking point. Um, my pushback to you is, uh, cause you surround yourselves with those, those freaks online, uh, that hate Noah just seven, you know, six years been grinding their teeth at the existence of Noah. Um, has that continued? Has it had a legacy with even film Twitter as far as people still talking about it? Or was it just sort of a flashpoint, almost like Avengers release for film nerds <laughs> for that particular month? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that is what's been, what's happened. I think it's just, it's kind of like a flash in the pan in terms of that strong reaction. And it's interesting because I remember when there was like a weirdly a fair amount of buildup for this movie, like when the first trailers came out, like a lot of people were talking about it. I mean, you got Aaron Lawrence. Yeah, and there was a rumor that it was like a a kind of soft remake of Rosemary's Baby because they were using like very similar poster art right. from mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby. So it was like, oh, that'll be interesting. And they decided to wait till Hereditary to make a soft reboot of uh, Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. Uh, also, so, more successful. And, uh, that one actually did yes. somehow cross over into the mainstream a little bit. Strangely enough, who knew? Um, but I remember when this came out because I was writing for audiences everywhere and I – Loved it and gave it a five star review and people were very mad at me. <laughs> I got like a lot of pushback and I was like, oh, okay. I... But that didn't surprise me because uh, it's maybe one of my favorite theater experiences I've ever had because I think it's it's darkly very funny. I think this is a very funny movie and I'm watching it and enjoying it. And like yeah, having all the reactions I think Aronofsky is going for. And then I look around and I mean, the theater was full. Like this was a packed screening, and half of that crowd got up at some point in the movie and left. Yeah, like I had, I had <laughs> just in droves, well. like a um, bunch of walkouts. And it was not you know, packed. if your name is not if your name is not Mike Denniston, uh, walkouts are not that common. Like, no, I'm a fan of it. it. Takes I, a I'm lot. definitely. I'm definitely, I know, I know. Um, because I mean, I, I I love this is strange. I love movies so much that I will quit on them. Like that. I'll turn on them because my thinking is I could be watching something else. <laughs> like this is a yep, waste of time. Yep. I'm not into it. Um, I, I, I will say this about mother. Um, even on my rewatch, which took, there's a lot of stop and starts. I'll be honest because there's a, and that's probably doing a disservice to it because I think it's a, it's a mood yeah. movie in the sense of like, you're on this, this ride of, uh, increasing anxiety, uh, and agony. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't think the film ever, it's it's kind of dull in a way and it's in some ways it made dull that feeling because uh i don't think it ever tempts you with the idea that things are going to get better in any capacity so for me no. that it, it's not one of the most tense movie experiences i've ever had because there's no hope it's so if i'm watching sort of this hopeless story in existence I'm like, i mean from the opening scene 
like you know this is not going to end well. Like so, this. when we get to you know eating a baby, I'm like, yeah, I guess. I mean, you 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 don't put the baby in the picture. <laughs> sure, we're going to eat it. And mother, that's that's you know, why do you have the the, the gun right there? Oh, the, the, put the baby in. Something's gonna, bad's going to happen to it. We, we just is this Chekhov's know. baby? Is that what you're telling me? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, so. I, Love I, I will say that it's not walkout worthy in the sense that I, you know, I'm mildly intrigued by, by it to a point. And I remember having conversations with you about it. It's released and it didn't really change, unfortunately, on, on rewatch for me. Uh, I think this is another, is this another digital code you gave me or did I buy this one? No, you did not buy this. <laughs> Aronofsky month. Mike won't do Aronofsky month because it's on the cheap. It's on the cuff for me. Like everything right. is Dave available. gave me all these movies, so oh, I, I did buy watch them. Uh, pie. I think I even broke my four ninety nine barrier. I bought it for like seven bucks. Oof. Yeah, how about Jeez. that, Darren? Yeah, <laughs> spent a whole seven dollars on this month. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> um, <laughs> the stuff I really liked uh, kind of mirrored my theatrical experience with it. With uh, Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer as these uh, intruding guests, and when it was sort of a darkly uh, stressed, dark uh, comedy of manners, I I was really into it. Yes, uh, it is when we get into the usual God bullshit and creationism, um, which is why this would have been. In the old days, where we're trying to cover these these filmmakers in a month, give them the time that they deserve. One month, it that's it. It's over. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about you again. You would easily pair this with Noah, I, I think, because oh, yeah. because of that. Especially because they were back to back too. Like it's yeah. just like oh, Fits. here we go. Um, and then once once the you know the you have the strange uh, yet again going back to brothers killing each other like in, in Noah uh, with Cain and Abel. Uh, once that transpires in poor Jennifer Lawrence's house. Um, and then they're having this like wake moment. Um, I start to drift away from it. Like when we actually get mm. into this, uh, Javier Bardem as this, uh, Messiah, um, artist, which that's always a trouble spot when you have an artist himself placing a character in that way. Like you, you're going to have to be really on point with me because it's like, yeah, you can criticize your stature, but you're still really elevating yourself, aren't you, buddy? That's like, man, I'm such a glorious I mean, ass. However, emphasis I'm on glorious. Sure. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I would only disagree with the fact. I think you're right that he is like lifting himself up in that moment. But I think this movie does a really good job at like showing the negative side of the supposed genius too, and everyone that they use and everyone that they destroy along the way. I think it shows like kind of a shocking amount of self-awareness uh, from got a someone like Aronofsky. Okay. More entertaining. That thing you do. Tom Hanks. The, the, the only one that succeeds in the band is the colossal ass. The one that's a yep. jerk to Liv Tyler. And he's the only one that's going to have any sort like Tom Hanks even goes on to point out. Oh no, no, that's going to be the guy. That's gonna be a guy that has a good life. Uh, you're just gonna mm-hmm. have to settle for Liv Tyler, which you know. If I'm poor uh, baby, if I'm the drummer there, uh, Tom Everett Scott, I'm like, I win. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's that's an overall positive. I yeah. have no no issue with that. That thing you do, yeah, mother. Th- there is an old War Machine <laughs> yeah, versus War Horse episode. That would be. That absolutely would be. Um, but you know, you bringing up Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris, who I think are easily the best part of this movie. I like Jennifer Lawrence in this role. I mm-hmm. think she's good, but it's a little bit hard to single out her performance because she's a constant in this movie. Not only in terms that she is mother, she is the main character, but the camera is almost literally resting on her shoulder for the entire it's her movie. point of view, pretty so, much exclusively. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, but I think Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, and was this Michelle Pfeiffer's kind of like comeback? Like, I feel yeah, like she hadn't been in much, and then this popped up, and everyone was like, oh, we forgot how great and beautiful that Michelle Pfeiffer is, and started putting her in movies again. Yeah, um, I mean, other than uh, our Amy Heckerling month, we're like, you know what sucks about this movie? Michelle Pfeiffer. Too pretty. <laughs> Get her out of this film. <laughs> I, I don't think she's someone that has felt the need, probably in a healthy way, that she needs to stay uh, somehow in the limelight. Like, I think she's an actor. She right. got to a point, like some of them do at a, a certain age where they're like, I've made enough money. I'm only going to do things that interest me. And I could definitely see if this came, this right. idea came across. Uh, oh yeah. Time. I could see why the actors would be into it because really any of Aronofsky's films, you're getting to play uh emotion to excess. Um, you know, it's, yes. it is, it's strange. You brought up uh hereditary and it's weird to me because I did think about midsummer a lot and, I'm like, wow, that mm. one, and that one I do feel like has had like a lengthy kind of conversation coming out of it. And Unfortunately, yes. Not a fan. God, See, I thought you would be, would be into that, uh, that particular jam. Uh, well, Midsummer, I think, um, <laughs> I think Ari Aster is a very talented director, uh, and needs some help in the screenplay era area um i think uh i think there's a lot of work to be done there and i think now, the lead that performance way? in that movie is tremendous do you feel that way about aronofsky because I've, uh, I've heard you mention like on the no episode the same problems you have with the screenplay um well there are screenplay problems but they're not the same i think uh actually aronofsky could stand to flesh some stuff out um and aster's the opposite where it's just like, oh, shut up jesus <laughs> let's him, go buddy. let's move on have <laughs> have did, the guy jump off the rock let's go can we move you, forward uh, jesus christ you're not a fan of process dave you don't, you don't respect it like <laughs> man's about to i don't i don't just... <laughs> he's trying to score a 10 a header as he goes to that rock and boy did he he fell on that <laughs> yes yeah, so really i'm guessing is. you didn't watch see, uh the extended cut or did you on midsummer i mean i know i probably will someday when i hate myself a little bit more uh, <laughs> you don't have but, to, Dave. because everything well everything i've heard is like oh it really kind of cleans up all the problems it has it's so much better this way blah 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 blah, blah. dave's um, green mile but... an extended cut <laughs> god uh but i think that lead performance is phenomenal like i think she's legitimately great i think she's one of the best young actresses working florence Pugh is great now signed uh, on to the, the marvel itself. verse for the next 20 oh, years god <laughs> speaking of the marvel verse i was just looking at michelle pfeiffer's history here around this time and basically for 10 years she did not have a major role before this movie the last one was like stardust uh that mm -hmm. was like the last big movie she did and then right after that she started you know she, uh, let's see, she did uh, Mother, and then she was on Murder on the Orient Express, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Avengers, and here we go. Like, I'm a big fan is, of Ant-Man and then, the Wasp, strangely, as someone that's not really that excited about Marvel movies. Uh, I it's think because it's like, them, you know, it's small stakes, it's fun, it's a good time, it's like it knows what I just it is. read an Ant-Man comic for a month. It's like, right. without all the other bullshit, even though... You know, the, the stinger, the bullshit comes back. But yeah, Ant-Man goes on an Always. adventure with Wasp. It was fun. I liked it. Right. I don't know who yep. directed that. But, I agree. Uh, it's the guy that did Down With Love, I think. A that Peyton would be a Reed, weird probably. A weird month on Fox Yeah, because he, he, he also did Bring It On. Like, you know. <laughs> Man. <laughs> that would be a fun month. You can month. see my, <laughs> my hands just rubbing together. I'm like, I could do a lot <laughs> on that month. I could do a lot with that. But yeah, all the Michelle Pfeiffer stuff, all the Ed Harris stuff is great. 
like that scene where she has had too much to drink and she goes down uh with jennifer lawrence to like do the laundry and it's just like running off at the mouth like i could watch like an hour of that that's your underwear great. sucks like, michelle... that's why you're not pregnant like, Jesus. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> michelle pfeiffer does caddy very well like it's excellent and i also think it's an interesting idea to essentially because those characters like are your adam and eve characters right they end up having two sons one of which kills the others again as we've talked about all month not subtle he's not trying to trick you but i think it's an interesting thing to cast two older actors as adam and eve like Adam and Eve is usually like the young, nubile. Like this is this is the start of uh, of our world. You want to see instead, them Ed Harris... at the point in their marriage where they're like sick and tired of each other. Like, God. like oh, I hate you so much. I hate our kids. Like, it's just... <laughs> but also, uh, I mean, I love Ed, Ed Harris, but Ed Harris is not looking his best in this movie. Like, I feel like they added some age makeup to Ed Harris in this movie because I've seen him later in things where he looks younger than this. So that's another really interesting choice. And again, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is with someone not as attractive as she is. Like, this is a pattern uh, in mean, her career, and it needs to that's get better. her own curse. You know, I I, <laughs> I wish I had uh, her problems. Must be tough to be her, to, to always Yeah, it must be tough to be that beautiful, to be the pretty her. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a great... Uh, uh, where, where I'm just trying not to talk about Mother as much as I can. Do a bit on Ant Man and Wasp. We'll talk about Midsummer, the extended cut. Uh, John Favreau used to do a great show called Dinner Dinner for oh, Five yeah. on IFC mm-hmm. back before they did like fucking like Law and Order repeats like all day long. Like what are, what about these channels that like just stick to so much for independent you know. film yeah um and i think he maybe he has the rights back to it because he on his like youtube channel i think he just put every episode up so now you can just watch them all uh, but there's oh, nice. one for uh, the release of uh my guilty pleasure uh daredevil the ben affleck daredevil 2003 <laughs> and you got colin farrell jennifer garner kevin smith like you know, people that were in daredevil but you know they'll be they're all big stars to talk and ben affleck uh, Jennifer Garner brings up that his hair, like it's still not returned to like his normal color. He's still got the Matt Murdock, like they tried to highlight it red. <laughs> not really a really good decision. Um, back when they no. were trying to appeal to the fanboys in ways that were uh, on the periphery, like, well, it's Ben Affleck, but uh, <laughs> look, we made right. him six six two sixty, but he's got <laughs> yeah. a little red tint to his hair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and he's talking about how he hates to look at himself in the mirror. And then Kevin Smith, I got to find the clip and send it to you. Kevin Smith starts on this rant like, oh, boy, it must be tough to be you. <laughs> like you can see Kevin Smith like, you motherfucker. Just-
next no. thing is. I'm trying to let it slowly fade out of the red thing. I died at red for this movie. I hate it. <clears throat> I hate looking at myself. It lowers my self-esteem further in the mornings. I wake up. <laughs> then you can read the next It must be tough to wake up and be you every morning. It, like, oh. <laughs> God. I don't want that. Am I gonna fuck tonight? I'm glad to see that. It's fading out. Oh, I got one more day to. <laughs> <laughs> presses a button. Bring, bring in three. <laughs> three what? Who? Whatever. Male, female. Midgets. <laughs> three midgets. I'm feeling very dirty today. This combination of trannies and whatnot. It's been bring a while them. since you've had the clapped up. Have them washed and bring them to me. I mean, I feel like I might have to kick your ass. <laughs> there we go. Why? Well, you don't want her to kick your fucking ass, man. Why? I didn't know she was talking to you. She can kick your ass. I know. That's but she's protective. She's very protective of him. She yeah. can kick your fucking ass. Nobody's more protective than him than me. I'll kick your fucking ass. <laughs> no, you won't. You actually fucking won't, but no, she will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she is fucking I do a take with her in the fight. I do a take and she's going, she's going. I think I'm not happy with that one. I'm not going. I'm not going. I just want to He's a good egg. I know. Like the most standard attractive man in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I just hate looking at the mirror. There's a red tint in my hair. Like, okay. That's <laughs> like, my, that's my, down, you know, how I, Michelle Pfeiffer, if me and her were having dinner, actually, I wouldn't have the balls to ever, like, challenge her that way. But that would be no. what I was thinking. Sure. Anyway, mother, it stinks. It's not fun to watch. It makes me want to go to YouTube to watch Dinner for Five. I find it interesting because people may not know this. Uh, they don't know this because this is all behind the scenes stuff. But there was, like, a two-day period where you were like, I'm in the mood to watch Mother. And I want to know, Mike, what the fuck was going on in your life? How had things sunk so low? Because I mm. get the mood to watch Mother because I think it's a great mm. movie. But you do not like this movie. <laughs> like, so what was yeah. going on that you're like, you know, I think I'd rather watch Mother than Noah. These are words that actually came out of your mouth. So I'm I'm just, this may mm. be an intervention for you. You yeah. had your Twitter intervention for me. This is the Mother intervention for you. What was I happening, gotcha. Mike? Well, okay, so we just came off of uh, election uh, season where, you know, half the country said maybe not having um, uh, a narcissist uh, and a fascist uh, tweeting away. So emotions are high, and, you know, there's mm-hmm. some degree of hope. Um, I don't usually share those those feelings. Uh, I find it be <laughs> unhealthy to have to have those. You know, I, I'm Morgan Freeman and Shawshank. That's where I saw it on those things where it's like, yeah, let's let, let's not go through the headache of disappointment. You can't be disappointed by rewatching something that you absolutely hated the first time around. In fact, it can only go up. <laughs> so that was the spirit I was in. But sometimes those, and we've talked about in the podcast, uh, going back to Michelle Pfeiffer on the Amy Heckerling month with I Can Never Be Your Woman. Sometimes a failure, in this case for me, uh, not speaking for everyone because this clearly has its fans, uh, a great failure can just be really interesting. It can be more interesting mm-hmm. than the, the ho-hum that you know doesn't ever try to exceed its reach. And I think that you know my criticisms remain with Mother that I might... I might have appreciated it more if it was not coming from Aronofsky, like where I feel like mm. you have tapped out these ideas to the point where uh, part of the charm, if you can call it that, may be in the surprise of watching Mother. I actually think that if you don't know who Aronofsky is, this movie works better for you than if you've been following mm. his career and been a fan because you're like, oh, back to back to the 
Garden of Eden, huh? Back to that shit <laughs> and back to your, you know. Maybe that's why he waits so long to make these yeah. movies. Like, <laughs> let me let you forget <laughs> the last three years. I mean, he's still, you know, he's still um, Van Halen. You can have a new lead singer, but they're still like, they're still the voice mm. back there. That's still going to yeah. be Van Halen. Uh, Eddie's me... still doing those licks back there. It's, exactly. Uh, it's still so, the same thing. You know, yeah. RIP there uh, for him. Um, so that, I mean, that's, that's part of it. And I, I think that bringing up something like Hereditary and, and Midsummer, uh, that's actually a pretty good, uh, you could say counterpoint or we can see, or we're just going to, cause those films, those two, I was definitely not. A uh, big part of the Twitter fandom for it. I liked them more than Mother, and that I I I had the strangest reaction to those two. Where I'm like, they were okay. <laughs> those were were all right. Everyone's losing their mind. Yeah. Rick's like right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but my you know my problem will be uh, if you follow if we ever did a month on that filmmaker, which Dave is saying no, hell no. Um, I I would quickly get tired of the grief porn kind of uh, themes of his film. Like let's watch mm-hmm. a family or a person at their lowest possible point And what do they do when they're consumed with grief? I'm like, okay, you got two. Now right. do, as right. my answer to everything, do a rom-com, do a fucking rom-com. Yeah. Do see what you got. See if you can stretch yourself mm-hmm. a little bit. I want to see, I would watch an Aronofsky rom-com. I want to see if he yeah. can hold himself back. That would be interesting. So it would just be I was Adam also thinking about, you know, <laughs> the yeah, yeah, there you go. Yes. And our, you know, the, the, uh, the funny gay friend would be the snake. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see it already in my head. It would be great. Um, so, uh, you had brought up, um, when we talked about Noah, kind of like, you know, people's reactions to it now seem like, oh, it was so hated, but it was actually reviewed pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, like people seem to like it. And I was looking at the reviews for Mother and it overall in Metacritic has like a 75 out of a hundred. So pretty good. And I was like, that's higher than I expected. And then I started looking and it's because the reactions are so extreme from, from critics. So I want to read you, uh, two, uh, two, basically two sentences, one from a positive review okay. and one from a negative review. I like this. So the pos- the positive review is uh, from The Telegraph, uh, Robbie Collin. It says, remember this is positive. Uh, a sick joke, an urgent warning, and a roar into the abyss. Mother earns its exclamation mark three times over and more. <laughs> that is your okay. positive review. And then your negative review, which I think you will enjoy, uh, is from Rex Reed from The Observer. <laughs> It says, nothing about Mother makes one lick of sense as Aronofsky's corny vision of madness turns more hilarious than scary. (laughs) With so much crap around to clog the drain, I hesitate to label it the worst movie of the year when worst movie of the century fits it even better. Okay. (laughs) Kind of a little little far there at the end. Um, I liked him when he was a little more folksy with the not one lick of sense. This is corny. I think corny is actually more insulting to Aronofsky like then uh, he yeah. would appreciate and, I, and as a fan of Aronofsky I can actually understand that criticism it is corny like his work is and and that lack of subtlety is present so if you if you have gone through like if you've watched these movies with us as if we as we've gone through if Four you bastards. haven't liked that lack of subtlety it's not going to get any better no, like this no. is I part of me even though I really like Aronofsky it would be weirdly fitting if this was his last movie because this looks like the apex of everything good and bad about Aronofsky. It like feels like like if we were going if we were still doing that whole thing with the masterpiece, this might be it. Like this uh, might be uh, the like the uh, most Aronofsky film uh, you could possibly imagine. I didn't say best. I mean, it is. I didn't say best, <laughs> but 
<laughs> it might be a capital A Aronofsky movie. I would I would still go back to Requiem for a Dream because mm. as I said on that episode, I mean where the characters end up um, is uh, mostly hopeless, um, except for the right. the Wayans character, uh, which I think I think Aronofsky's on the record saying that's the only character he leaves with some glimmer of hope. Um, but the, there's there's an opportunity. Like they are not puppets on a string in that. And these are people right. that are dealing with addiction. So they are consumed by something that's controlling them against their better interests. Uh, but there there's still small 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 uh, acts of humanity there. And I you know I I want him to come back to to real people. I I, I don't want this to be the the idea of creationism again and part of it i enjoyed with noah because i enjoyed what they did with pretty much just the noah character none of the other ones kind of get that that look but right um right yeah that's that's my my problem now <laughs> i say that and i was like okay so what is he doing next or what's the rumored next because it's untitled artificial intelligence courtroom project which uh, oh, I'm assuming they changed the title. Uh, although it'd be hilarious if they don't. <laughs> Just leave it. <laughs> Courtroom drama over artificial intelligence. So I don't think we're getting closer to dealing with real people. I don't know. We'll see what nope. the actual humans And do. I guarantee you there's a religious aspect to that movie. <sighs> like, we shouldn't be doing this because it's I, not part of God's plan. I'm just plan. trying to get you on my side because I know how you feel about Steven Spielberg's AI. So I thought, like, just the mere mention of artificial Fuck. intelligence... Uh, I did that with the Matrix last. And episode. I know someday, yeah. I know someday we're gonna have to cover that stupid fucking movie, a movie where Spielberg th- thinks he's Kubrick and fails, falls flat we on would. his fucking face um, over and over again. I'm, I'm not a, <laughs> a fan of that that movie uh, either. Uh, so if we were just playing the hits or playing what we wanted to talk about, we wouldn't. But you have to you have to have some some swings and misses on the show. Otherwise, it, it does become the Chris Farley uh, bit where we're just like, love it. More yes. more greatness from someone we love like that. So, yeah, I get it. Uh, I tell you what, man, as far as keeping these things on time, if we ever do uh, AI, you're going to have a hard time getting me to sit down to finish and record on that one again. That's going to be a tough week. I'm going to have a hard time sitting <laughs> and watching it, let alone you. Catch me if you can. I, mean, is... I, I talk about that now. I'd no. watch it right now. Absolutely. I should be doing that. It's almost, I'll be it's like, November. I'll call you in two hours. Christmas. Fine. It's Christmas season. I can I can do it. Yeah. So, we're still talking about mother. Yeah, it is. Uh, it stinks. We're we're about to wrap it up. It doesn't stink. It's great. Uh, which is perfect because, like you know, you're Rex Reed and I'm uh, uh, Robbie Collin. I guess. That's like I don't know who Robbie Collin is. Rex Reed sounds really old. The, even the name sounds like a fuddy duddy. Yeah. So. There's not a lot of Rexes around anymore. This is like. <laughs> yeah, it's I not a fun. modern name. Damon so Fudge. Kind of There's someone named Damon Fudge. <laughs> He gave it a positive no, review. That's not right. Look at you, you fucking hipster. Damon Fudge. Damon Fudge Dave. Rex Reed Mike. Are we just going to spend the rest of this episode just making fun of people's names? <laughs> We've never yeah. met. Damon that, Fudge okay. is a weird name. Out of Des Moines. Des Moines, Iowa. That's even stranger. Jesus. All right, mother. We yes. didn't disrespect that city. It's Des Moines. There is no S sound to that city. So. I'm sorry I mispronounced that. I'm respect. hoping I got Damon right. Damon Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> who's in the witness protection so, program, probably. Wrap <laughs> Former monster, to wrap Damon up these, Fudge. <laughs> David Fudge. To wrap up these months of Aronofsky, I'm kind of, I'm really interested to hear what it's been like for you, because I came into this, like, I'm a fan of Aronofsky. I kind of know what I like. I knew what to expect. 
Whereas you are felt like kind of in the middle, like some of his stuff you liked, some of it you didn't. So what was it like going through all of his movies kind of back to back all the way up to Mother? Um, I wouldn't recommend it, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it depends. I, I'm kind of mixed because I, I didn't have a terrible time with it when I was sort of mainlining them. But I, th- I think much like Mother itself, if you... Once you think, took a break. <laughs> yeah, when you take a break, or if you're doing it like weekly, where it's like this kind of slow walk you're doing with Aronofsky, um, you know, th- like you were saying to me, like, you gotta, man, you gotta watch Mother. If you're telling me you're in the mood to watch it, do it now. Like, you know, leave leave <laughs> your job, go home, go do it, because this won't last. And that was true, because then I didn't that, that, that evening, and then it took me a while. Um, I think... I think he's interesting in either a short burst or with some, some distance. Like I, I don't know if he's right. a filmmaker that necessarily, uh, you glean more from if you, you go through their filmography as this like kind of weird project we're doing. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of the, the best filmmaker that actually works in that, in that fashion. Uh, and because I think when someone thinks of like a Spielberg, uh, or a Kubrick, they have a pretty decent idea of what that will be like, even though they kind of hop around different genres and different time periods. Uh, I, you know, there's a reason that it's like, oh, this is like a Kubrick movie or Spielbergian, something like that. Um, so maybe people would have the same issue if they just decided I'm dedicating the next two months to this particular filmmaker. Um, mm-hmm. Soderbergh, you brought up earlier, maybe the outlier, where it's like so all over the map that I don't know if that applies to him necessarily, maybe different little pockets and periods of his life, but Aronofsky it might is be just the so... anti-auteur. Yeah, like, it's yeah, just and I think like, he, he would be whatever proud pops of that. in my head. I'm gonna do yeah. that. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I, I certainly there have been films of his that I've loved and films I've absolutely hated, but Aronofsky is so kind of stuck in his own head, for better or worse, that mm-hmm. um, he's been very successful at it up to this point and. You know, by the end of his career, whenever that may be, I, I think he will be looked upon favorably for for having these themes that he comes back to um, as an average consumer of just entertainment on a screen. Uh. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that works out. Um, but I mean, I probably had a better time with it than what you expected. I think you thought that Mike. This was some sort of weird, almost Aronofsky-esque punishment that I was doing to myself. Yes, self-flagellation, uh, yeah. like just, what are we doing here? But it wasn't that, because I, I think from a technical aspect, I, I enjoy seeing him work within uh, the these sort of self-imposed uh, confines, like Requiem for a Dream, where he's like, right, we're going to have uh, the most cuts you've ever seen in a film. Like, he, he has sort of technical <laughs> ideas that he wants to accomplish, uh, and seeing him come back to the same themes in different settings. The fountain is a sort of failed grand opus. And then later on in Noah, you get to see him actually, actually do the fountain pretty much. It's like, I assume that's what he wanted mm. the fountain to be. Uh, in that context, I like seeing him more of like, more of like Aronofsky struggling with the process itself, like to just get out these ideas. But I think you did it. Darren, I think you succeeded. It's now time for a, a rom-com about baseball or something. Uh, and you can't do, you can't do pie because Moneyball exists. You can't go back to the fucking numbers and what it all means. Yeah. More like true. Bull Durham or something with Jennifer Connelly. Mm. 
Interesting. There we go. Talking myself into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that sounds pretty good to me. That's. <laughs> yeah. I think um, the most interesting thing about going through his movies for me, because I was already already kind of in the bag for these movies, because most of them I already really liked. I was surprised at how kind of a filmmaker he is, like how human of a filmmaker he is, how there's that kind of with his characters, even when he puts them through terrible things, there's a lack of vilifying them. That I found really interesting. And I, you could, we talked a lot about it in Requiem for a Dream. But I think you could even make that argument for something like Noah. Um, it would be very easy to vilify Noah by the end of that movie. But that scene where he ends up kind of alone on a beach. Like you do feel bad for him. Because he, he, he did feel like he was doing the right things. And he's still punished by the well, end. Unlike his yeah. uh, grandfather. He's got all the fucking berries to make uh wine and all the sweet nectar of the gods he's got it all there yeah. so yet again like michelle pfeiffer it ain't too bad Noah. you're still on a beach that's getting right. drunk every day that's i mean that's what most of us <laughs> yeah, work our lives to get to <laughs> right <laughs> right just retired to tahiti you know like yeah and i think the only movie maybe you can make an argument that that doesn't exist is probably mother i think mother is his most cynical film um but I think for me, his ability to kind of turn the mirror on himself and see how terrible it can be to be a creator, like how you treat the people around you. And of course, there's also the very not subtle message of like, don't destroy Mother Earth. That's very clear uh, in the film. But to me, the more interesting stuff is about like, oh, the things that we do to especially creators do to the women in their lives. And it must have been a really weird experience for Jennifer Lawrence, who was dating him at the time, to be in this movie. <laughs> like, this is like, uh, and it didn't surprise me that not long after this movie came out that they split up. <laughs> like, I think that would be a clue to be like, She's yeah, like me. maybe I don't need to be Enough. with this dude. <laughs> Enough. I don't want to hear yeah. about it anymore. God. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, I, do I remember mean, it's that whole reading... like when people tell you who they are, believe them. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I think that's a direct okay, quote from me. Message of who I, I'm you are. Sure, that's those are my words uh, exclusively. Wait, wait to take away women of color. Good job, Mike. <laughs> I'm just doing what made this country great. You know, I'm just stealing from <laughs> from my betters in that way. Uh, in yeah, that regard, true. I'm also now looking up Damon Fudge. I can't find him on Twitter, but he is on Instagram. <laughs> And if I can't find him on Twitter, I just assume he doesn't have an account with that name because how many other ones? But... Yeah, there can't be many. Yeah. Yep. Found him I on Instagram. I mean... can give this dude a follow. Actually, I'm going to tell him, hey, I mentioned you, man. And I don't believe you're a real person. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you really? All right. So that is it, uh, at least for Mike, uh, in talking about Darren Aronofsky. Done. Um, so I'm sure he is very grateful of that. Um, and as far as next month, so Mike put this one on me. Um, and because it's like going to take place over the holidays, Mike was like, let's do something like with someone who didn't make a lot of movies. Like, let's kind of keep it limited. Um, but he's like, your choice. So I chose David Fincher, uh, cause I just love talking about David Fincher movies and because he's got a new movie coming out. Um, probably by the time this comes out, we'll, it'll probably be out already. Uh, Meg yeah. will probably be out we by are, that point. Yeah, so. we, uh, actually, if you you know if you stay on top of things, because you're the hold up here on this show always. Oh uh, yeah, this, this yeah, will be coming me. out. I believe the day of <laughs> Meg's release. So oh, or no, the week after. I really got to do it. Noah, I can't keep oh, it straight. Okay. What we're doing, it's your fault. Whatever it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like how you said. Uh, let's pick a filmmaker that doesn't have many films, and we've had 
many great women directors, and we're like, they never got enough opportunities. So your idea, I leave Dave, that to you. Your idea to you. is to pick a filmmaker that's done, what, 10 movies? <laughs> We've got so many women that wouldn't even fill an entire month if we're doing a weekly schedule. Dave's like, oh, uh, this white dude, he's not made 20. <laughs> this is a travesty. You know, it's funny because when I, when I came with the idea, I... Because I see him as a filmmaker who hasn't made very many movies because he's such a perfectionist. And I was shocked when we started to make out the schedule. Like, God, there's another one? Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. <laughs> like, no idea. Uh, and what that means is I'll have to sit through Alien 3. Um, so but that'll like be me, an interesting first episode. You get it out of the way early. Where I had to sit with I had yes. mother hanging like the axe over my head the entire time. Like, oh, well, who knows? Maybe Mank will be his worst movie. You don't know. Maybe maybe that'll be I cut not. I mean, just, I just don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to deal with your fucking negative Nelly nonsense at the start of the project and the end of Fincher. <laughs> and at the end, yeah. <laughs> I hope I like it too. All right, so that's what we're gonna do uh, starting very soon. But our next episode will be Richard Newby coming back to kind of wrap up everything Aronofsky. So in the meantime if you'd like to follow us on twitter our at is at directed by pod and if you'd like to get those extra episodes supposedly we're going to do an episode on perfect blue uh which we kind of mocked aronofsky for earlier this month uh for lifting and uh making black swan so there'll be a patreon episode on that and you get the other episodes early so donate any amount per month at patreon.com slash a podcast directed by